Welcome to Outrageous, creating extraordinary experiences with positively outrageous service. This is the show where we explore all the habits and real-life stories of people and organizations who deliver positively outrageous service. So come join the service revolution with your hosts, Andrew Zabo and Michael Hoffman. Welcome back to Outrageous. My name is Andrew Sabo. I'm, I'm Michael Hoffman. Michael Hoffman. Thank you, Andrew. It's a delight to be with you again. It's always a delight to be with you. It's outrageous to be with you. Well, we last <laughs> week we talked about the seven habits of positively outrageous service culture. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do today? Tackle the first one? Let's tackle the first one. I, and, and just to kind of as a, as a brief recap, culture is everything. Yes. You know, you can have, uh, you can be inspired, you can be motivated, you can have all the right desires, you know. And, uh, and I think you're going to find very few people that don't want to be positively outrageous service in their customer experience. It's how do you make that happen? How do you create it consistently? And how do you make it to be this is the way we do it, which is how I define culture. Yes. This is how we do it. And it's, it's inculcated into everything that you do. Right. And that's why we talk about the seven habits, which mm-hmm. is everything from enlisting to celebrating. Mm-hmm. And everything in between, which includes uh, igniting the yeah. positively outrageous service culture by equipping. leadership. Equipping your middle managers. Mm-hmm. It's engaging your frontline people. Mm-hmm. Measuring and then refining and finally celebrating. Yeah. So as we go through these seven, we yeah. really want you to start asking yourselves, what about us? What you know? What do we do? Well, it's not. Just, it's more than just being nice. It's about it's about doing things on purpose and setting it up on purpose. And so we're going to go through the first one today, which is which is to enlist. You've got to hire service naturals. Yeah, it starts with who you. So have. what is a service natural? Hmm? Service natural is really somebody who puts. Service in front of self. They and I think there's three attributes that make up a service natural. Uh, because the reality is, you 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 can train for aptitude. You can always train people, yeah. but you hire for attitude. That, that's actually pretty huge. Go over that one more time. Train, there's, a, there's a difference yeah. between between teaching me to do something yes. and what I bring, which is aptitude. Okay. I mean, people can. Uh, they, they come in with perhaps certain experiences. You can give them more experiences. They come in with skill sets. Mm-hmm. You can build on those skill sets. You can train and develop people. But you have to hire for an at, for, for their uh, attitude right. versus aptitude. Yeah. I can't teach you attitude. No. Something you Especially an attitude to serve another person. Mm-hmm. Because I think that takes three things. One is there's a motivation. There's something in you that motivates you to serve another person. It's part of your heart. And then there is a certain mindset. You're looking for ways to to serve another person. And and the third thing is there is that empathy, that you can connect with a person. So those are, I think, the three things. It's it's a motivation, it's a mindset, and empathy. Those a heart set. That's a heart I, set. Yeah, I heard you call it before. Well, it's a, it's a heart set. set. Mindset and, and, and a heart mindset set. Mindset and a heart set, yeah. yes, yes. So... Um, <laughs> Why is this important? Uh, it comes back to the previous point you made, Michael. Right? It's you. You can't train somebody to have a better attitude. You know, it, it's it's an interesting point that you drive home because I we've all had those experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, where we've worked with people that I'd love to work with. I wish I had a hundred. I, I matter of fact, I always I always like to say that I will know somebody with uh, skill sets when the tornado 
rises. Mm. And it's the same way with attitude. It's the same way with a personality. Yes. When your your personality goes out the window when you add a little stress, you know, and we usually use that as an excuse uh, for poor behavior, you know, like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, we and run the, away from it. That's the other thing. Right, right. You know, I'm so sorry that we're under a lot of stress and we got all the change and we're supposed to go, oh, okay. Well, then, you know, as long as you're under pressure, go ahead and treat me like dirt. <laughs> as opposed to, as opposed to when the tornadoes rise, the real people show up. Yes. You know, you're, uh, and I, I like working with those people that have a heart to serve. Yeah, because they actually rise up. Right. Despite the tornado. Yeah. In fact, so, you know that most animals run away when there is like a tornado or a hurricane, but there's one animal, the eagle, it flies above Ooh. the tornado. So you have to hire eagles that rise above the tornado and the stress that comes about. And, and here's the reality. Um, we have a, a partner that works with us on developing these psychometric evaluations. And uh, studies show that you, know, you have a basically a, a one in five probability of hiring a service natural. There is a difference, and we can actually identify people that have a propensity to have a heart for service. Yes. And so often, I mean, you, you think about, you know, a resume just shows you what you did in the past. It doesn't show your heart. And even in an interview, it shows what you can do in the present. It's not indicating what you can do in the future. Uh, it's really only doing these profiles. And there's one particular profile that we use, which evaluates a person's propensity to serve. And not just their propensity, it's actually also making sure there is an alignment between the leadership and how what's the expectation, if you like, of customer service in our organization. In fact, one of the fascinating exercises we do is uh, we take leaders and we have them go through this exercise first. Because we're, first of all, you've got to create alignment between the leaders. So one person say, well, I expect this in terms of service. Another leader may say something else. So one of the first parts of this, the beauty of this exercise is to create alignment and agreement in leadership that this is, this is how we define service in our organization. Now, that can be different you know, between different organizations. And then you have a candidate, they, they, they do a 50 question profile, and then you see, well, how well aligned is that to our organization? Mm. And therefore that you can now see not just their propensity to serve, but their alignment to how to serve as it aligns with the organization. You know, that I wonder how many how many organizations out there have actually gone through the exercise or gone through any exercise that starts to say, listen, it is important to have a customer experience that separates us from our competition. What does that mean? And does everybody think it's the same thing? Because that's an excellent <laughs> point that not everybody, you know, is on the same page as to what is good customer experience. Right. I mean, the simple example would be, well, uh, when do we expect if somebody gets an email and it's a complaint, mm -hmm. where, how, what's our response time supposed to be? Mm -hmm. One person may say, well, you have to get back in 24 hours. Another person may say it's, it's four hours. You have to agree on what that response time is. So yes, getting that, setting that expectation. Our organization, this is how we define customer service. This is the level of customer service that we expect. And then you hire to that expectation. One of the things that I think is important in the, uh, the, the psychometrics that, that we've kind of set up is, is the idea of really identifying 
more of the intangible things. It's not just the skill sets for customer service, but it's your approach. Is this something that you have a propensity for? Do you have a heart, like you call it, a heart for service? How do you find that? You know, how do you identify that? And you can. You can identify where people have a tendency to lean towards. And if you've ever worked in an organization where you've worked with somebody that you just kind of go, you know, Phil should not be in front of people. <laughs> Great person in this particular area, but might not necessarily be the front man that we want our outside people. So so there are different roles for different types. Yes. And when it comes to the customer experience, that question, do you have the right people in the right slots to be the face, to be the voice, to be that experience? I know uh, lots of organizations, when you when you walk away from their experience and you go, I'm so glad I got you you're dealing with somebody who is in the right slot for the right, right position. Exactly. Yeah. And to think through that is tremendously important. Yeah, one, one of my earliest mentors uh, said that everybody is a star. Mm. They just shine in different ways. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and because some, yeah. some people need to shine. Okay, they're going to shine in the accounting department. Mm -hmm. uh, another person's going to shine. This person's great with numbers. Yes. <laughs> and they're not the ones who have to pick up the phone. But sometimes when somebody has a, a billing problem, they're going to call the accounting department. Well, you don't want that person to, you want yeah. Mary versus John answering the phone. And I, I think that's that's a really big distinction between knowing what the role calls for because everybody is involved in the customer experience and right. because our customers are both internal and external. Yes. So so ensuring that we have the right culture that says, no, no, this is the way we do it for both people outside and people inside, but there are certain roles that you really want to emphasize that that natural service aptitude. Yeah, obviously anybody who's in the front line right. who's, who's engaging with a customer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I, I think of one example like uh, AT and T. Uh, they their technicians are extraordinary, actually. You know, when they actually come out to your place to install whatever needs mm -hmm. to be installed, uh, and I say that because you think about a technician, they're not necessarily you don't think of them as right. service people, right? They're technical. I know how to come, you know, connect. I have this a lot of education on doing of, yeah, very specific yeah, things. Very, so, and they're yeah. engineering oriented. They're yeah. process oriented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I'll give credit to AT&T that uh, those service technicians, they come out and they understand customer service to the point where it blows me away that they actually give you their business card with their mobile phone on it. Hey, if you have any questions or if something else, just call me. Okay. No, I don't have to call the call center. We know what it's like to call call centers sometimes. You get lost and everything. No, that that's creates personal uh, that that oh, that's shows awesome. empathy. That's yeah. that shows they they obviously are hiring people who are motivated, who have that heart to serve. They've got a mindset to serve, and and they they know that things can go wrong. So there's a level of empathy too. I think it's tremendously important to ask that question today. You know, uh, uh, the very first habit that we build POS on uh, positive outrageous service culture on is the idea of who are you and bringing on. Yeah. You know, who, who, what are you hiring for? It's the foundation. Yes, the foundation. If you build a, uh, if you build your house on sand. It's going to fall. It's going to fall. When the, when the waves Put come. Put it on the rock. What happens? Yeah. It's, it's solid. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, so who are you hiring and how are you hiring those people? What are you looking for to have the right people in the right place? And even after you've interviewed them and you've gone through the test, you still need to evaluate over a period of time. How are they when that tornado hits? 
Because that tornado can happen, yes, in the first week they're there. It may happen three months. You know, Southwest Airlines, I, I believe that when they were hiring their, their people for a positively outrageous service, they were on a six-month probation. Mm -hmm. So they had to prove themselves even in that position, even after they were hired, that they could really deliver on you, the promise. You know, they, you reminded me of a story. That, uh, I know they did this in their hiring process. Uh, Scott was involved. T. Scott was involved in this process where they would bring people in and they would put them in a situation where there was play. Yes. And, um, and, and they watched for the people who played. Yes. Who, who actually got involved without being coerced right. into thinking, oh, this is silly or this is, you know, what are you guys doing? This is weird. But they looked for the people that played instantly. And I've worked with that, several organizations that I've seen use that method as well, yeah. is that the interview process is more about watching your behavior in different situations because we want to see what your heart's right. on. When, when you're not being interviewed and asking all, answering all the right questions. because In the right yeah, way. Yeah, in the right way. <laughs> I want to see how you play. Yeah. And because that's that's essential to one of the three principles. Exactly what we're talking about is what are you doing to go out of your way to find the right traits, the attitudes? Because we can't train for that. We can train right. for aptitude, correct? But we can't train for attitude. You got to bring that, and we have to look for it when we hire. Got to bring it. Yeah, we can help you with that, can we? And absolutely. In fact, uh, if if uh, any of our listeners are interested in that, we can. Uh, uh, please contact us, and uh, like I said, e even the exercise of getting your leadership aligned to defining what is the customer expectation, what is the customer experience expectation in our organization, is immensely valuable. And once you've got that defined, that now you can hire towards that, which is a very powerful thing. And this is what we found: is that you literally can triple the odds of hiring a service natural by going through this process. Because statistics show that you've got a basically about a one in five chance of hiring a service natural going through the normal sort of interview, ref, uh, reference checks, et cetera, et cetera. You go through this evaluation process, again, creating that alignment, you go from a 20% probability to an 80% probability. Wow. Yeah. When you know what you're looking so for, when, you know when your targets you're... are defined. It's amazing. It's amazing how <laughs> accurate. We can make it Robin Hood. Absolutely. <laughs> so look us up online. Look yeah. us up on uh, look us up on Facebook. Look us up online. You can reach us at positivelyoutrageousservice.com. Look us up on the website. Uh, you can uh, also uh, connect with us on Facebook. Yes. You know, uh, send us some questions. Let us know how we can help you look for service naturals and identify those people to help you become that Robin Hood targeted uh, efficient at finding the right people for the right place. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you Absolutely. do that, you will become positively, positively outrageous. Thanks for joining us as we walk through the steps and the habits to become positively outrageous service in your business culture. But you know, it's not just business skills. These are people skills and they can be applied to pretty much anywhere you're trying to create an experience where people walk away saying, wow, that's why I shop here. That's why I have them in my lives. And it's a pleasure to walk through this experience with you. If you would like us to help in any way, please contact us either on our Facebook page or going to our website and let us know how we can help you become positively outrageous.